this series we are entitling Life Changing Prayers because we believe that if we're gonna see life change in 2024, we're gonna see it through our prayer. Now, I want you to know up front that I am not teaching this series because I have mastered prayer. What are you laughing for? That wasn't funny. I have not. In fact, if you have mastered prayer, I want you to pray for me, like right now, don't wait. Um, And I want you to pray for the rest of us because the truth is many of us have not mastered prayer. In fact, before we really jump in, maybe you could just help me out a little bit with this. Um, How many of you, just a show of hands, those of you uh, worshiping with us online in the room, how many of you would say, show of hands, that you believe prayer works? Well, okay, all right, that's a lot. Um, Not surprised, it's Sunday morning, it's in church, you're kind of supposed to raise your hand. Hey. And by the way, if you didn't raise your hand or you, wrote, you raised your hand and you really don't believe prayer works, you're still in the right place. I want you to know that because we're, we're going to talk more about this. But not surprising, many of us believe that prayer works. But here's a follow-up question just to see if I'm alone here. But how many of you would say that, that you believe with all of your heart that prayer works, but your prayer life could use a little work? Anybody in the house? Okay, that is a relief. I really, I envisioned this moment when I asked that question and no one raised their hands and I was just gonna, I don't know what I was gonna do. The truth is, that's the boat that most of us are in. We believe that prayer, it's not that we don't believe that prayer works, we do. Beautiful moments in our service, like we just experienced people coming down here to the altar and just on their knees and just praying out to God. We believe that prayer works, but if we're being honest, our prayer life, it could use a little work. Now, this series is going to be for those of you who've been Christians for, I don't know, maybe all of your life. You've prayed your whole life, but you just have this sense that you could use a little more consistency in your prayer life or more focus or more intentionality. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced this. You get to the end of the day and you, you lay your head down on your pillow and you realize, like, I haven't talked to God today. I'm not really sure how I got through the day, but I haven't prayed. I haven't been intentional. And you lay your head down on that pillow and you say, oh God, I'm just so thankful for this quiet time. Finally, we get an opportunity to talk. There's so many things I want to tell you. There's so many things that I, that I want to hear from you. And I, Father, I just want to begin by thanking you for... <laughs> and you're out, right? And you wake up the next morning and you go... I did it again. See, some of us, we just, we just need a little more intentionality in our life. Now, this series is also for those of you who are parents and you're raising up children. You're raising up prayer warriors in your home and you want to be able to teach them what prayer is, who they're praying to, and, what, and how to pray and what prayer is all about. I know in our house, I don't want, want you to think you know, less of me as a, as a pastor, but when our kids were young, I mean, we would have arguments like right after the amen. I mean, that, the, the prayer, maybe we were sitting down uh, to eat and we would pray and the amen and then it turned into, Dad, Annie had her eyes open and she was looking at me during the prayer. <laughs> well, Landon, let's talk about how you know that. <laughs> uh, 
sometimes we just need a little help. And so maybe you're a parent and you're raising up children in your home and you just, you just need a little help. Well, this series is for you. And finally, this series is for those of you who are new to Christ. Maybe you're, you're part of the 139 that have, that have stood up in these services to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. You're, you're new to this thing and you're new to this thing called prayer. You've heard about it your whole life, but you're really not sure how to do it. And, and then you, you get in one of these groups, maybe it's a small group, and this always happens inevitably. And someone says, who would like to pray over the group tonight? And you start praying silently. God, don't let them pick me. 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 I mean, you haven't lost anything, but it sure looks like it because you're under the table. I mean, you just do not want to make eye contact with the small group leader. You do anything. And I have felt that intimidation. And maybe some of you have as well. In fact, how many of you have kind of felt that moment? You've been in that moment. Okay, just look around. You're not alone. A lot of us have felt that. Well, this series is for you as well. And so here's what we're going to do. We are not just going to, to talk about prayer, but we're going to practice it. And, and we want to give ourselves a, a system and a plan to become more focused and intentional. So here's what you can expect over the next four weeks. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, we are going to discover the power in the prayers of Paul. We are not going to look at every prayer in the Bible. There are a lot of them. We're not going to even look at every prayer of Paul but we're gonna look at a specific type of prayer that Paul prayed that we can use as a model to pray for ourselves, for our church, and for others. Number two, we're gonna be learning how to become more consistent and focused in prayer. I could use that, maybe you could too. Number three, we're gonna be developing an intentional plan to pray for others. That specific type of prayer that Paul prayed it's an intercessory prayer, meaning it's a, it's a prayer that's, that's prayed for other people. We're going to have a plan. We're not just going to hope or to plan that we're not going to, we're going to plan to pray so that we don't fail to pray. Number four, deepening, and this is the most important one up here, deepening our relationship with God through prayer. So we're not going to spend the next four weeks uh, telling one another uh, that you should pray. Uh, by the show of hands, I think we pretty much got that figured out. We're not going to spend four weeks talking and saying that we should pray, but over the next four weeks, we want to equip one another so that each one of us know you can pray. If you are up for that, we're going to use the prayers of Paul to equip one another. To do that, I want to invite Bryant Driscoll, one of our high school students, to come on up. Let's give it up for Bryant as he comes on up here. Bryant is going to read Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, the prayer that we're going to be looking at today, and he is going to read this prayer over us. Bryant. Uh, all right. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him on the, his right hand 
in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head of, over everything in the church, for which his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. You guys show some love for Brian. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. And this is the word of God, and we are going to use the word of God to pray the word of God, beginning with this prayer this week. I want you to imagine for just a moment that you are likely at the end of your life. You're not sure, but it sure does look like it because you have been imprisoned, and you really can't imagine getting out of this prison. Your freedom has been taken away. And somebody walks into your prison cell, and they have a pen and paper. And they say to you, hey, is there anything that you would like to say to those that you love the most, your friends, your family, anything you want me to, to write down here? Um, and, and for our purposes today, I, I just, I want to ask you this question. If, if that was you in that moment, what would you say? I mean, just give that some thought. What, what would you say to your friends and your family and your loved ones, the people that you care about the most? What would you say? And for our purposes today, I want to ask you this. What would you pray for them? It's been said that you can tell a lot about somebody just by looking at their checkbook or how they spend their money or maybe looking at their calendar and how they spend their time. But I would submit to you that if you really want to know what makes someone tick, what they believe at the very core of their being, listen to their prayers. We tend to, to pray what it is that we believe. You see, this has very practical implication of what we're talking about today, as Paul gives us this model. And as we're looking at this prayer, I want you to notice not just what he prays, I want you to notice what he doesn't pray. Because this is Paul's situation. He is imprisoned in Rome. He has no good reason to believe that he will ever see the light of day and leave this place. And yet what he chooses to do is he chooses to pray. Whether he's writing it down or somebody's scribing it for him, he chooses to pray for others. He does not pray that his circumstances would change. He does not pray... Uh, God, get me out of here. I know that is my default. And then there's nothing wrong with praying that your circumstances would change. But before that, uh, Paul, he's not making any deals with God. He's not saying, God, if you'll just get me out of here, if I could just, I'll do this, if you'll do this. He, I mean, that's, that's what I do. But that's not what Paul does. He prays for others. We call these prayers intercessory prayers because they're prayers on others' behalf. So as we're looking at this model, I want you to notice closely what it is that Paul prays for. The first thing, he prays, I pray that the glorious Father, he always starts with that because it's really important to start with who you're praying to. I pray that the glorious Father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what? know him better. Out of all the things that Paul could have prayed, he prays, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I believe that Paul prays this first because knowing who you're praying to is the beginning of prayer. If, if we understand who it is that we're praying to, the, the true, beautiful, wonderful, 
grand nature of who God is. Everything else just seems to fall in place. And that's what Paul is praying. He's praying, I, I pray that you would know him better. And we could give you a lot of reasons of, of why prayer is important, but I believe this is the, the first one. There's a quote from A.W. Tozier. I, I love this quote. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I love that quote. I believe that it's true. The only thing that I would add is that I believe that what we think about, what comes to our mind when we think about God also has very practical implications for how we pray. Think about it. If, if we believe in a, in a small God, uh, we're going to pray small prayers. If we believe in a, in a big God, we're going to pray big, bold, dangerous prayers. If we believe that God is our genie in a bottle, we're going to pray our wishes. But if we believe that God is sovereign over and has power over all things, then we're going to pray, not my will be done, but your will be done. If we believe that God is apathetic, we're going to pray um, general prayers. But if we believe that God is attentive, we're going to be praying very specific prayers. You see, who we pray to impacts the way that we pray, and it impacts how we pray. So Paul begins this whole thing with saying, I, I pray that they would know him better. The second thing that Paul goes on to pray, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may what? Know the hope to which he has called you. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your, what, what is he talking about, the eyes of your heart? When Paul talks about the heart, he's really talking about the, the center of our very being. He's talking about right at the center of our mind, our will, and our spirit. That's the heart. And Paul is praying that at the very depths of our soul, the very core of our being, that we would have eyes to see what's right in front of us. Uh, Leisha and I, um, we... Um, we're born about two months apart. So we have gotten, we're experiencing our, our 40s and, and right now we're in our mid 40s. We're experiencing that together. And if you've experienced, uh, especially the, the mid 40s, then you know there are some things, sooner or later, some things that, that begin to happen. Um, we experienced one of these things. Uh, the, the technical term for this, I believe, is, is presbyopia. Okay, some people have experienced presbyopia. See, if you don't know what this is, this is when you can see things way up close to your face and then one day you can no longer see it because it is very blurry. Now, this, this is really, this has impacted our relationship because I've not experienced this yet, but she has. And I'm <laughs> saying, uh, she's actually two months younger than me, by the way. I used to be able to, you know, I would see, you know, the funniest Instagram reel, the funniest that's ever been created, and I would just hold it right up in her face, and she would LOL, and um, now, uh, alas, that no longer happens. She just, you know, backs up and says, now you know I can't see that without my glasses. <laughs> I, 
I, I got up in her face the other day and I said, can you see me now? <laughs> Let's just say you thought that was funnier than she did. Uh, she, did not, she did not think that was funny. She, she did say, a true story, uh, she did say that one of the blessings of not being able to see up close uh, as well as she's getting older is that I seem to be getting better looking every day. <laughs> true story. Um, yeah, she's pretty quick-witted. I don't mess with her much. Um, it's really frustrating to not be able to see something that's right in front of your face. And I think that's what Paul has in mind. When he prays, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you can know. He's saying so that you can see. Well, Paul, what is it that you want us to see? Well, for starters, he wanted us to see hope. The hope to which we are called. Now, we gotta be careful when we're talking about hope because in our day and time, we use that word in different ways. Sometimes we use it in terms of, I hope, like it's wishful thinking, right? Like, I hope that 2024 would be different. I hope that I'll make better grades this year. I hope that uh, we'll, we'll be able to um, resolve that, that conflict uh, in the days to come. I hope, I hope, as if it's wishful thinking. Listen, when Paul is using the word hope, that's not the way that he's using it. In fact, here's what I've discovered. The more I've studied the way Paul uses this word hope, here's what I've discovered. Hope isn't a wish, it's a vision. When Paul prays that, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he's called you. That is the vision that God has called you to in your life. And yes, he has a vision for your life. Not just any vision, not just uh, any life, but the one that he has created you and called you to. See, this is, this is your uniqueness. It's the hope. It's a vision. I don't know what you may be thinking about that you would love to see different in 2024, but I know that, that God has a vision for your life. And Paul is saying, I just want you to be able to see it. You see, this, this has um, real practical implications for us because without hope, without that vision, there can be no faith. Now, where did I get that idea? Well, I got it from Hebrews 11, verse one, where the Hebrews writer says, now faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hope can see the things that haven't happened yet. They can look forward into the future and see the things that are to come. That's hope. You see, hope sees it and then faith goes and lives it. But what about your hope? Your unique hope. Friends, your parents can nurture hope within you, but they can't see this vision for you. Your, your friends can encourage it, but they can't see it for you. Your, your small group, the, the, the Christians, the people around you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they can share the hope that is within them as they should, but they can't share that hope for you. You have a, a unique calling that only through the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, can you see. And Paul says, oh, that they would see it, to see hope that turns into faith. 
The third thing that Paul prays for, he prays that we would know or that we would be able to see the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. A few months ago, we talked about inheritance. We talked about the fact that one of these days Jesus will return and we will be crowned by Christ. We're gonna receive a few crowns. We'll receive a crown of victory, the victor's crown. We'll receive a crown of influence and the crown of life. That's quite an inheritance. But that's not the one that Paul is talking about right here. He's talking about an inheritance that we do not have to wait to receive because we can receive it right now. You see, that is the believer's inheritance. That is the inheritance that we will receive. This is God's inheritance right here, right now. The the Jewish uh, and the Gentile believers all together. God's inheritance in his holy people. You see, if, if, if that's true, if our glorious inheritance is in God's holy people, then you are sitting amongst riches right now. You are swimming in God's treasure chest because riches are all around you in God's holy people, in the saints. And Paul's praying, I just want you to to open your eyes and to be able to see how blessed you are. Listen, the blessing of church, it is not a sermon. You can can get a sermon online any time you want. You can download it. The the blessing of church is not good music, same thing. It's not a a special uh, program, even a very helpful program. We love all those things and they're good things, but that's not the blessing of church. The blessing of church is the people. Oh, if we could just see that. Maybe this is the year where our eyes are enlightened, the eyes of our heart are enlightened to be able to see the blessing of the people around us. I want to challenge you this year. Don't treat church as something to just consume occasionally, but contribute consistently. You see, when you show up, um, and this is one of the reasons why we emphasize serve so much here at Oak Hills Church. Not only does that help us grow and become more like Jesus, but when we serve and we show up, we are someone's riches. We are someone's glorious inheritance. And it's not just on a Sunday morning. When you show up for somebody Monday through Saturday, when you show up where you live, work, learn, and play, you are someone's riches. You are their glorious inheritance. Now, I don't know if you will receive an inheritance in this life, a financial inheritance. Some of us will, some of us won't. The statistics would tell us that the odds of a financial inheritance changing our life, well, that's pretty slim. Whether you receive an inheritance in this life or not, I can tell you one that you are receiving right now, if you'll just have eyes to see it, and that is the glorious inheritance of God's holy people, and nothing will compare to that. There's a fourth thing that Paul wants us to be able to see that's right in front of us. I want them to see his incomparably great power for us who believe. Incomparably great power. That word power, when Paul uses that word power, it comes from the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. When he talks about dunamis, that is is a... um, an abundant, 
miraculous type of power. And just so that we wouldn't be confused about what kind of power Paul was talking about, he tells us, he goes on to tell us that this is the power that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, come on, that is the greatest power that has ever been exerted on this earth. Jesus stormed the gates of hell. He stole the the keys of death. There's no greater power. And yet Paul is saying, that power? Yeah, that power, um, it's available to you. Now, how many of us are living in that kind of power? That's the real question, isn't it? I mean, the question is, what are we doing with that kind of power that has been granted to those of us who believe? So I've got a question that I want you to consider. If resurrection power is available to you, then what is stopping you from becoming every single thing that God created you to be? It's a new year. Maybe there are some things you want to change. Maybe there's something you have in mind that that you know you need power for and your own power has failed because you're still dealing with it this year. You need need God's power. What is that for you? Is it addiction? God raised Jesus from the dead. Tell me, friend, what kind of addiction can stand against that kind of power? Maybe for you it's anxiety, and it makes you anxious just thinking about being anxious. God raised Jesus from the dead. What kind of anxiety can stand against that kind of power? Maybe, maybe what you're looking at this year is financial struggle. God raised Jesus from the dead. What kind of bankruptcy, foreclosure, layoff, or economic downturn can stand against that kind of power? Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of change, fear of whatever it is, fear of fear itself. Tell me, friend, God raised Jesus from the dead. What kind of fear does not melt beneath the power of a risen Christ? Now, I know, I know we know that here. I know that here. But I'm talking about reminding ourselves through the work of prayer, reminding ourselves right here that you've got that kind of resurrection power in your life. Right now, you don't have to wait. And Paul, with what he thought could have been maybe some of his final words, he goes, oh, I just want him to know. I just want him to know it. And I want him to live in it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to be intentional this year. Now we believe that prayer works. But our prayer life, it could use a little work. So here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, and this is pretty practical. This is so practical, some of you aren't going to do this. <laughs> just saying, we're just being honest here. Number one, set an alarm each day to read and pray Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Pray it for yourself, pray it for the church, and pray it for somebody else by name. 
This is the beauty of praying scripture. You don't even need to come up with the words. You just open the word. And you just pray this and insert people's names. Oh, what kind of power could we experience? What kind of power could someone else experience when we put their name in that and we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that they would know these things, that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened. I got a feeling that there's gonna be somebody that you're praying for that doesn't know you're praying for them. They're gonna be kind of like, I don't know what's going on, but I can, I can feel it. Something is different. I can see. I've got confidence. I don't know why I wanna to go to church this morning. I don't even know why. <laughs> I know that's true because some of you have told me that. Could be that somebody was praying for you. Number two, join me on Instagram for a brief daily prayer together. Uh, On the weekdays, somewhere between eight and 10, I'm gonna jump on Instagram live. It's just an opportunity for us to be intentional. So if that's your thing, let's jump in there. We'll give a short devotional about uh, prayer, less than a couple minutes. Um, We're just gonna really spend most of the time just praying. Just another way to be accountable and to pray together. And um, you can follow us on Instagram live there at uh, Oak Hills Church. If you don't know how to do that, I don't know. Um, Ask your grandkids. I'm not sure. Um, Number three, before I dig myself in a deeper hole. Number three, place your prayer card in a place that you'll see it as a daily reminder to pray. We're going to be giving you prayer cards. Why are we doing that? Because we want to be intentional. We want to have a plan. It's going to be a very simple prayer that you can put on your dashboard. You can put it on your mirror. You can put it, uh, you know where I love to, to put little reminders like this? Right there at my work desk. I'll be, I'll be working away and then I'll glance over and I'll see that card. And it's gonna just be something really simple like Father, May, and then there's gonna be a blank. You can put your name in there, you can put the church in there, you can put someone else's name in there. Father, May, uh, Alicia, know your incomparably great power. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, five seconds. I'm back to work. We need those reminders. Listen, one of the reasons why we fail to pray is because we fail to plan to pray. That's, that's what we're doing together. We're going to plan to pray together. So that's the third thing that you can do. I don't know what it is that you would love to see changed in your life. I'm sure there, there are some things that you're thinking, I need some power in my life in this area. There are some things that I would really love to see change. Can I remind you, and, and you know this, But can I just remind you, your life is not going to change because of the things that you do occasionally. Your life is going to change because of the things that you do consistently. So what if we consistently pray? What if just this one thing changed? Just this one thing. What if this year, in 2024, we prayed bigger. I'm not talking about praying bigger words. I'm talking about prayers that acknowledge a bigger God. What if we did, what if just did that one thing? Just that one thing this year. What might change in your life? I will tell you this. You have to invite God in to do his work. He's not gonna force himself on you, but you have to invite him in. And if you have never surrendered your heart to Jesus, 
You know, he died on a cross, and on the third day after he was placed in that grave, the Father rose Jesus from the dead so that you could see hope for your life. Because Jesus is the hope, the anchor for the soul. But you have to invite him in. So here's what we would like to do. If you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, I wanna invite you to, to join the other 139 people over the last four months who have surrendered their heart and then stood in this house. This morning we had people standing saying, I want 2024 to be different and it's gonna be different because of the power of the resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray a simple prayer together. Repeat after me and then after that, if that's you today, and this is a new beginning for you. I want to invite you to stand. Heaven's already celebrating. We want to join in with them. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I am not perfect. For I've sinned. But I believe in you. Save me. Change me. Forgive me. I give you my life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.